0: So then, it's my chance to be able to introduce you guys. You coming up, Kerry. Um, I've known Kerry for, um, I think, 12 years now or something like that. He's, uh, we've been together.
1: Did I cut him off when I turned this on?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on now. Oh, no, okay, good. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Um, so I'll just simply say this. I love this man. I really respect this man. Um, I, I remember sitting in an ordination council one day where I learned who, who Kerry Doyle was. Because Gary's gregarious and nice and like presents himself so humbly. But um, there's a ton of gray matter up there. If you get close, you'll see it kind of undulating uh, close. Like, he's I mean, just an incredibly smart man. And uh, I, I remember sitting in that ordination council where they test these incoming pastors on what they know and what they think. And I remember just listening to the questions he put out in just the kindest way. You're like, oh, 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 oh that's good. Oh, oh. And so I got done. And I was like, man, I like this Carrie Doyle guy. Um, I love the fact that God has made him sharpen the scriptures, has given him a sweetheart, and given him a fantastic demeanor, and the love that he pours out to all of us. So thanks, brother. Thanks for preaching to us this morning. Good to
1: be here. I love the Burnsism. N- okay, now they're. P- okay, I'm back? All right, we're good. I love the Burnsism. Undulating gray matter. That's the new one for today. <clears throat> Uh, for a rock band. And it is a great name for a rock band, yeah. <laughs> well, it's we, Rob and I, while we've been here this morning, have listed our house for sale. We're going to move out here. Um, uh, if you're used to what's going on here, let me just stop you and say how unusually wonderfully joyous your gathering is. Now, this is sadly not the norm, and it's just beautiful to hear. You know, just the sharing, the interaction, just having to fight you to try to get some order in this place. <laughs> Let her win, but make it, make it be a hard-fought battle. Uh, keep doing that. It's, what an encouragement it was. Just, just to have been here already, and to experience your love for each other. The church, being the church together. You know, it's it's a joy when, as a pastor, you have to quote, stop the church so you can start the church service, and uh, and so. Yeah, just keep in rebellion like that, <laughs> in the best sense of the word. Um, Robert and I are a couple of Georgia kids who've kind of lived all over. We met at a local junior college, and uh, I went to Columbia Bible College in South Carolina. From there, we were in Brooklyn, New York for three years as assistant pastor of Free Church. And so that was our introduction to the Free Church, and just fell in love with the Evangelical Free Church of America. From there, I went to Chicago area to do seminary at Trinity, and then planted a church and pastored a church there. Our five kids were all born in the Chicago area, and uh, Gurney, Waukegan, Round Lake Beach, if you've ever, between Chicago and Milwaukee, uh, that area. I met, who's, where's my Waffle House guy? <coughs> Woodstock. <laughs> Don't let that shirt fool you. There's more there than that going on there. Brother, what famous movie did they film in Groundhog Day? Groundhog Day, film right there. <laughs> and which famous illustrator is from Woodstock? Ooh. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Well, the Dick Tracy is also was, I think the creator from that. But this is my time. If you could let me get back to my stuff here. <laughs> my bad. Y'all pray. I'm feeling way too comfortable, Andrew. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, we were in Illinois there about 13 years, and then moved to Tennessee, were there for 11 years, and then came to the district and to the Pittsburgh area uh, about 11 years ago, pastored in the district for eight years, and when Jeff, my predecessor, announced he was retiring, I uh, put my name in the ring, and here we are, and so it's a joy to have already known a lot of the pastors for eight years before st- uh, serving this role. And, uh, and so uh, just love Scott, Melissa, uh, you guys as well. Just we thank God for your church. The passage we're looking at today, and somewhere there's going to be some slides going over here, and so y'all pray for the person in the uh, sound booth trying to keep up with me. It's like a dare. <laughs> and uh, uh, But I, uh, we'll be looking at the passage that for you, I think it's going to be more of a reminder and a reinforcement than a, oh, I never thought about that. Uh, I think the essence of this body always already understands that it's not just about a few paid professionals who make things get done, but there may be, quote, a couple of paid professionals and staff as well who help you do work of the ministry. And so we're looking at a passage today that talks about the fact that we're all bodybuilders. And it's self-reinforcing if you look up here, so that's okay. He, was he kidding? <laughs> he knows he's an old fat guy, right? <laughs> uh, some of you are old enough to remember Saturday Night Live. Hans and Franz. Remember Hans and Franz? in they're here to view uh, They were doing a takeoff on Arnold Schwarzenegger and these two guys, Dana Carvey and some other comedian wearing these stuffed stuffed shirts that look like bodybuilders, and their job was to build you up so they could pump you up and make you a good bodybuilder. My job this morning is to kind of step into that role and to remind you that we are all bodybuilders. Whether you can lift 10 pounds or 1,000 pounds, whether you can squat diddly or you can squat 1,000 pounds. You can Google that later on your own time, whatever doodly squat is. That if you are part of the body of Christ, you are part of the ones who are building up one another to the glory of God, to the benefit of the body, and to the good of the whole world around us. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, understand a little bit more of what it means to be a Christian, that there's a commitment to the people of God, guided by the Word of God, empowered by the Spirit of God, that we would serve each other and help each of us grow up into maturity to become more like Jesus. And this passage reinforces that. We have been grift, gifted to grow in ministry and unity and maturity. So we're looking at this. And, th- and thank you, brother, for reading the passage earlier. Oh, there it is. I'll try to ignore the slides. You just do what you can, and we're good over there. So our brother read the passage earlier. Could you allow me to read? They're not only Burnsism, but I have a paraphrase <laughs> of our passage this morning. Let me, let me read my paraphrase of the passage from Ephesians, we'll pray and ask God to teach us from his word. The ascended and seated Savior sent us a a surprise. He gave us servants, spiritual leaders, and they are to strengthen and supply us saints to be able to serve, so that his body is built up in quantity and quality. We are all to be engaged in ministry until we are all mature, united in the faith, knowing Jesus better and better, becoming more like Jesus. We're not to stay spiritual kids, easily swayed or deceived, but we're to grow up in all ways in him to be like him. All of us are to work together in our unique roles so that we can grow and bolster each other in love. Let's pray and ask God to teach us what it means for all of us to be bodybuilders together for the good of the body and the glory of God. Lord, it is a, a joy and honor to be here with this, uh, with this family today, and I just rejoice of how you have provided for them and guided for them through the years and how they have grown together in you and continue to build one another up in love, and may this reminder and reinforcement help further them along in all of us finding those ways that we can serve each other in love, speaking truth and love and grow up together unto Jesus who is the head of the church so we thank you and we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our souls and hearts would be acceptable in your sight Lord you are our rock and you are our redeemer we pray this in the name of Jesus and God's people said amen I don't want Scott to get the bigger head big head Um, this passage says that your pastors your elders, your leaders, are a gift from God. If they act like it, deal with it, all right? <laughs> but if they serve like it, embrace it. This passage says that Jesus, when he ascended, he, he said, I'm not going to just abandon you as children. He sent his spirit. He left us his word. And he also gave leaders, servants, who so could grow us up to become more like Jesus. And specifically in this passage, it talks about uh, the apostles and prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. So these, your pastor teachers are, in fact, a gift from God, and they are a good gift from God. Uh, and their job is to be about equipping you to do the work of the ministry, not so they can sit back and say, good, I've delegated everything, and now they can go do it, uh, but so that we can all be engaged because that's how God has designed the body to work together. <coughs> uh, your pastors' leaders are not to be entertainers, though Scott is very entertaining, whether he means to, he's more entertaining when he's not meaning to be, right? Where is Scott? Did Scott even abandon me? In? Oh, there's Scott. Oh, there you Oh, Oh, and the glasses are kind of down a little bit. This is I like this. I was so busy focused on Andrew. He was entertaining as well, but their jobs are not to be entertainers and you a spectator and a consumer. The American church has embraced that model, it seems, and flooded to places to where you can be entertained and you can successfully sit in your spot there and enjoy an experience and go out and hopefully the fumes of that will carry you at least halfway through the week, right? That's not why God has given pastor-teachers. They're not just educators, though pastor-teachers are to teach, certainly. Uh, But pastors and teachers are a gift from God to also be an equipper to help repair and prepare us so we can serve. Uh, the verse here talks about equipping uh, the saints, uh, this idea of both mending things that are broken and readying things. It's a torn net, a net that's been th- s- thrown out to the water and gathered in, that's had a weak spot uh, built into it. And, and it's where there's help and evaluation th- for this net to be further useful is to do repairs on this net. Uh, it's the idea of a broken bone that would need uh, setting and replaced so that someone could be both repaired and be prepared for ministry. I think these are two great ideas of what uh, pastor leaders are to be about, repairing. Because All of us have broken places, don't we? Every one of us have places that are weak and worn and have tears and rips. Uh, if you don't, then Thank God for you, and may he be gracious to you when you start to begin where you have broken places. We all have places that need mending. And so there's a repairing of hurt people, all of us. And then there's a preparing. Not just someone can feel a wholesome, a wholeness, not just that they can personally flourish for their own good. Yes, and thank God for that. But if you're flourishing, in your whole, it's so that you can then be more effectively used to bring God's grace to other people. So God wants all of us to be engaged as bodybuilders, one and all. Google that later. Could you shut down the Wi-Fi? There's too many references here to be Googling. (laughs) I know about 5G, but that's okay. Every one of us then could be engaged in doing the work of the ministry together, so he gave us bodybuilders in terms of pastors and teachers, and so we thank God for them. But equipped saints are also gifts from God. This is where you get the spiritual, proper, humble big head. That if you're part of the body of Christ, you are part of a gift from God to your brothers and sisters in Christ. And for those of you who think that sounds absurd because I don't know you well enough and you've got so much scarring and sinfulness and brokenness and and hurt, you as well, and maybe you especially. Because who better exudes the grace of God than the ones who obviously seem, obviously aren't deserving or fitting of it. But such were some of us, Paul said. But then he brings his grace to us so we can be brought into the kingdom of God by the death of Jesus on the cross for our sins, his burial, his resurrection. He's seated at the right hand of God. Someday he will come back to judge the living and the dead. And until then, he wants his equipped body members to be gifts to one another, active in ministry, in the game. Post-COVID, if you haven't thought about COVID for a while, I apologize for bringing it up. Churches kind of, in the last year or two, have kind of moved their way through this thing and have forgot it, disdained it, hated it, just just survived through it, maybe thrived through it. Uh, But one of the things we've noticed in a lot of churches is people have looked around and say, wait a minute, where... Where do they go? Why aren't they back? Why are some people only online because it's convenient, not because they need to be? Why are some people here less frequently than they ought to? You can't be active in ministry if you're not engaging with the body of Christ. Certainly includes Sunday morning and, and then your, Scott, what do you guys call your small groups? Your missional communities, MCs, right? McDonald's, that's it. Burnsisms and all these things that are described. That? <laughs> <laughs> this is a good feel. The man feels like he's on his heels at this point. This is a good feel. He's kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> apologize, brother. And I'll try to be sincere later when I apologize. <laughs> I will get back on track. It will happen. Active in ministry... there are really not optional body parts. Well, about that appendix? Yeah, but the appendix usually go down in a blaze of glory, right? <laughs> Why are you missing that appendix? Because it saved my life right before they ripped it out of my gut. So you may feel like you're the earlobe of the appendix of the body of Christ, but every one of you serving a, pr- a purpose, and we are to be active in ministry, prepared Prepared people in the game survey. You know, do you guys have a college football team around here? <laughs> this is a bad time to mention. Last week I was at the Penn State. <laughs> I told them last week I said next week I'm at the Ohio State, and I lost them for ten minutes. I don't know what that's about. And uh, uh, by the way, I grew up in Georgia. Go dogs! So there we go. <laughs> And the light just changed colors. Um, There's an offense and a defense, and people don't play both ways anymore. They go do their thing for three downs or four downs or eight downs or whatever it be, and then they go to the sidelines, and they're catching a break, right? They may need oxygen. They might need uh, water or Gatorade. They they might need to look at the... uh, uh, the uh, screens that Tom Brady didn't break when he threw. That's rich. You know what? You can sit there and you go, oh, man, I can throw an iPod around. <laughs> Don't do that. I digress. But so there's a team that goes off the field so another team can go onto the field. It's one thing to go to the sidelines because it's your turn to rest. Regroup. Refresh. Hydrate. Talk together. Shout it out if you need to like they do. Go to the tent and get uh, looked over for for further repairing and preparing. But you know what you don't see often, Antonio Brown being an exception there. There's your Pittsburgh dig. Um, He wasn't with us when he did this. You don't see guys run off the field. You know, people say, I've played my defensive time. Forget the sideline. I'm going up into these bleachers. I want to watch. And they get up in the bleachers and they go, best view ever. I can see clearly what's going on down there. And then they start yelling at the coach because they can see clearly, from the better than the sideline, about, wait a minute, hey! And they start yelling at the coach and their players, you are doing this. But they've moved to the sidelines and they're no longer ready to be able to get back in the field of action. And then worse than that, some who move to the mezzanine level to get snacks and stay up there just kind of eating and gorging. And then some of them say, forget this, we're going to the parking lot and we're going home. Brothers and sisters, if in your walk with Jesus you have moved towards the parking lot with the idea of not being available to get back in the game, can I call you back into the arena? Can I call you back down past the bleachers to get back on the sideline? You might need to be in the medical tent for a while for spiritual healing. There's nothing wrong with that. But the whole idea of being on the sideline in a football game is that sooner or later you, when it's your turn, you're back in the game participating. And Paul expresses the heart of God that every believer is to be active in ministry and then also maintaining unity. That we are about, you may be offense, you may be defense, but you are one team together. Maintaining unity, team players, unified and unifiers in Christ. So you can know Jesus better and better, and you can be united in the faith. The faith. Verse 13, he says... Uh, these equipped saints, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is not just kumbaya oneness. This is a unity anchored in Jesus, striving to become more like Jesus, and helping people in the process themselves to become more like Jesus. And this is not just about, the, ooh, I feel conflict with someone. Let me seek an elder on them. Let me see, Sorry. Let me call an elder so they can know what's going on. This is everyone having a commitment to maintain the unity of the body in the bonds of peace. That's how this chapter begins. The relationally committed to one another. That if I'm in tension with someone else in the body, it bothers me, and I seek to make that right, because they and I can't grow up in Jesus and serve other people like I do if I've got ongoing aught with other brothers and sisters, that I'm doing everything as much as possible to be at peace with all people, and particularly those in the household of faith. So if you're going to be active in ministry, you need to also be committed to maintaining unity. Maintaining unity. I watched a a playoff game a couple years ago, and it was obvious that two different teams had an idea of what it meant to be a team. I didn't know much about these teams, uh, but I could watch and see that one of them obviously was, they were united to supporting and encouraging the other one. The other one seemed to be a collection of of, uh, individuals who were obsessed with their own stats and numbers. I should make this real clear. It had nothing to do with Penn State, it had nothing to do with Ohio State, it had nothing to do with the Cleveland Browns or the, what's that team in Pittsburgh? (laughs) I know, we don't speak that. (laughs) But to watch and see, and it wasn't hard to decide which team I wanted to pull for. Em. it was the ones who were obviously working hard to be a unified u- uh, uh, unit. And the other ones, like I wouldn't even want to be in the huddle with them. I wouldn't want to be in the uh, uh, clubhouse later. These prima donnas who couldn't see past that to serve each other, brothers and sisters. And I love Scott. You struck a wonderful note with the unity, the the like precious faith. That the most quote spiritually esteemed person in here has no more value in the eyes of God uh, than the one who's newer in the faith, weak, weak, struggling in the faith. There's that oneness that we have in Jesus. So there is a unity. So we need to make sure we are maintaining it, and it's because we get to know Jesus better and better. You see Jesus, and suddenly he starts dealing with junk in your heart that causes division, internal division, right, as well as external kind of division. And he addresses that over and over again, just as you get to know him better, the unity that's in the faith in Jesus, united around core beliefs in Jesus. So there there is unity that has standards. You don't compromise standards for the sake of enveloping more people. You say, this is what God has taught. This is who we are. And I'm reading a book about Martin Luther right now where he said, here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. And we do that as well. And that seems divisive to some, but we're not doing it in a spirit of divisiveness, but of unity in the faith in Jesus, growing together in him. For you to be bodybuilders one and all, which you are, be active in ministry, maintain unity, and then strive for maturity. Strive for maturity. Growing into Christ's likeness. So my my wife has, we had five kids. My wife is a magnet for babies. And suddenly she says, oh, look over there. Two weeks, two months? Congratulations. You're looking great. (laughs) What's the secret? Is this your first? Second. Second. And you're looking great. <laughs> Does she have a publisher? Do you, are you writing a book about this? <laughs> Myra, you've got to get with this gal. Or something. <laughs> if we came back in two years and this kid was at the same level of maturation, we'd have a tragedy on our hands with me. Right? I came to know the Lord when I was seven or eight years old. But have I grown every year that I've grown older? Are some of you at the same kind of vacation Bible school, Sunday school level of growth in Jesus? You had, you know, had a wonderful experience at camp, came to know the Lord, Jesus, Lord when you were in high school. And you know, if you were to look at this list of 50 verses, how many of them have you just own your own eaten? You may not say word for word, but you know the heart and the essence. know you know where, to, you, know where it's, you can find it, and it's lodged in your heart because it's God's life-giving word. And by the way, I caught the fact that it was two verses. So it's going to be counts. yeah, <laughs> two verses count as one. This is the land of burns. <laughs> this is great passages. Strive for maturity into Jesus, and that won't happen without eating the Word. If you want to grow, you got to eat. Peter said, like a newborn babe, crave, long for the milk of the Word so you can grow up in it in your salvation. Strive for maturity. Don't stay a spiritual child. Kids are easily fooled, right? That's what's the kind of fun to do the Uncle Carry thing. Oh, look at my thumb. Oh, give me the... Oh, behind your ear. We actually had two uh, a pastor and his wife and his two kids stay with us this week, and and I couldn't get away with it. One of these kids, was like, oh, it was over there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> when y'all <you> leaving, kid? <laughs> most kids, and he he was a delight. Most kids are easy to kind of fool, you know, easily swayed because they you know they trust you when they shouldn't or whatever, and you know eat their ice cream when they're not looking. Spiritually, are you only as committed to the word? based on the last guy or gal you heard on, quote, Christian television? Do you understand Christian television is almost an oxymoron anymore? That a lot of what's there available to you will lead you away from Jesus more than it could lead you to Jesus? Christian radio can do the same. You go to a Christian bookstore, and the top books that... You know you're growing in Jesus when you go to the Christian b- bookstore and it ticks you off. Do you like Christian bookstores? Do you like Christian bookstores? Yeah. It's because they're so spiritual? No, it's because you see stuff that our sheep are eating, the cheap grass being offered that's not grass. And you go, oh, these are the top 10 sellers? God have mercy on us as your people. Every wind of doctrine that comes, are you swayed? Are you on up and down like any kind of boat floating, being swayed? Grow in maturity. Don't stay spiritually, children, easily swayed, fooled, and manipulated. Rather, speak truth in love and grow up. Every one of us are to be committed to speaking God's truth in love to one another to help us grow in Jesus. You come across a verse that reminds you of somebody in a good way. Text that over to them. Say, man, this made me think of you. I prayed for you. Be encouraged by this verse. Say, well, that's not as good as face-to-face. Of course it's not. You don't see most of each other during the week. But if if they come to mind, let them know, boy, I thought of you. This verse reminded me of you. I thought this would encourage you. Hey, this is a neat verse to see something about Jesus. Speak truth to each other, so we can all become more like the one who is truth. Speaking the truth in love. Some people speak only truth, right? Can't help it. God made me a prophet. Uh, it's more like a non-prophet sometimes, fell. You know, or some people are just so loved they never get close to the truth because oh, it might hurt their feelings. It could be cause conflict. I wouldn't want to do that. No, no. Let's grow up, so we can speak. God's good truth in ways that are proper, a word fit spoken at at an apt time. I butchered that. Was that close? (laughs) Aptly spoken. Y'all should memorize that verse, okay? (laughs) It's in Proverbs. Like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken at the right time. Aptly spoken. Who my people? (laughs) It's in there. Know God's word so you can feed God's word to people Mm -hmm. so we can become more like Jesus. Everybody helping each other grow, playing your part. Uh, We stayed in town uh, up in Dublin last night with a couple. He had lived with us in Pennsylvania for a while when he was a Young Life missionary. Now he's back in the area and married. It was just a delight to be with They're both engineers, and so we were talking about mnemonic devices and um, things that help you remember things. And I realized they're not built like me. They don't know them. They don't need mnemonic devices. They just remember things. (laughs) I'm going to assume not everybody in here is an engineer, but the rest of you engineers, just bear with us for a little bit. I have a mnemonic device for you. It's MUM's the Word. MUM's the Word. To be bodybuilders, first you need to be ministering. Unifying, maturing. If God has gifted you as repaired and prepared ones to be mums the word kind of people. It's kind of ironic, because mums the word means kind of keep it to yourself. Don't keep it to yourself. Ministry, unity, maturity. That's how equipped saints are to be bodybuilders active in ministry, maintaining unity, striving for maturity. Some application of this. Pray for your equippers. Lord, keep them focused on the main things. I don't know about you, I'm dreading next year because there's going to be an election. Maybe maybe it didn't happen over here. Where we lived in Pennsylvania, it was very divisive. (laughs) Did y'all have any of that over here? And if you're only excited about that, well, good on you. Because I didn't like what I saw it do to the body of Christ. It's not about how you should vote. It's how you should comport yourself in the middle of these matters. Different, distinct kind of people who have strong, godly convictions but aren't arrogant, insensitive jerks about it. So if you've never experienced that, I'm sorry I had to expose you to the reality of what (laughs) life in Pennsylvania (laughs) is like. You knew that. It's Pennsylvania, right? Pray for them to lead you through this upcoming season that has divisiveness written all over it. Because we just got through COVID stuff, and that was just nothing but fun. You know, you wake up every morning saying, What's the governor going to say today that's going to make half my people hate me and half my people love me? And pastors and leaders doing their best to serve their people through those times. Pray for them so they can stay on track and feed and lead towards the things that are most essential. I love your, yeah, I look forward to getting a copy of the 50, ver- the 50 plus verses. I love your meditation time, your cheap little sermon you got away with this morning on my time. <laughs> Preacher got to preach, I get that. Uh, get busy building each other up. You drifted to the parking lot or you just have stayed in the, uh, the, the seats, the bleachers watching and critiquing. We need you. Get on the field. Get all the, get all the coaching you need to get back in the game and just start serving. Just serve. The body needs you. And then maintain unity. When you're in the trenches... Tempers flare. Emotions flare. I, I've, I've got a sin nature just like yours. I, I, you know, I've got self that's vested in pride that can get pricked. And that stuff's divisive. I've got to protect me. So God, help us to die to self, to lay aside our rights, and to love on one another and help maintain unity in Jesus. And then watch after the spiritual babies. Somebody new in Jesus, you make it a point. You're going to pray for them. You're going to encourage them. You're going to funnel them good texts. You're going to offer to study the word with them. You re- read a good article that's to them, relevant to them. You're going to pass it along to them. Uh, you see that they've got tucked in there a series of books of author in there that's going to lead them astray in Jesus. You find a way of speaking truth and love. You know, we don't let our kids play in traffic and say, well, we're just tolerant. You don't let just a kid eat anything in the cabinet. The kitchen's got all kinds of stuff, but there's also cleaners in there. You don't just let a toddler wander over and tip anything back. You would step in and say, that'll harm you. So help grow up your spiritual babies. Love on them. Nurture them. Enjoy them. Uh, Photograph spiritually their growth in Jesus and protect them, because they don't know. They're easily swayed by every wind of doctrine. Watch after your spiritual babies. And then here's some neat news. Here's your selfish appeal for the day. Hot tip. As you serve and help people, other people grow up in Jesus, guess what happens to you? You grow up. As you're helping them at the spiritual gym to lift the weights the right way, I want to extend this and do a Burnsism on it, but I'm going to try to resist. It could happen, man you're there on the machines helping them grow you're also lifting as well and God's using that to grow you to become more like Jesus so all of you who know Jesus so good to be in a room of fellow (laughs) bodybuilders you understand me (laughs) let's keep mum the word ministering in unity in maturity let's pray Lord, whatever section of the district I show up in, it is just such joy to be with family. Be they urban or rural or suburban, young or old, with an ethnic mix or homogeneous, Lord, it's just fun. You get there and you realize, (laughs) I'm with family. What a joy that experience here is this morning. And thank you for how this body values building each other up protect them in those biblically driven values keep them Lord from getting institutionalized and merely programmatic without remembering the who and the why may each of the members of this the body of Christ be reminded and encouraged today of how valuable their ministry is commend this body to you and thank you for them in the name of Jesus. Amen.